Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Survivor Now podcast. The content is coming up shortly, but first we got to pay some bills. Okay, we are so excited to tell you guys about this great partnership we now have with our good friend Katie over at Katie Tedesco Art. Since 2015, Katie has been running the original Survivor fan shop where she creates Survivor trading cards, Survivor idol keychains, Big Brother keys, and more. We have been huge fans of hers ever since we started ordering our own items. We're huge fans of the Survivor trading cards. I even got my favorite, John Cochran. You can order them in packs, say an entire season, or you can also order your favorite Survivor Castaways cards in individual packs as well. The items come in a timely manner and are handled with care to make sure you, as a customer, are never disappointed. You can check out all of her cool work over at our Etsy site. The link is in our Instagram bio, so just head on over, let her know Survivor Now sent you, and give her a follow. You can find her on Insta, at Katie Tedesco Art. That's all one word, and that's Katie Tedesco, T-E-D-E-S-C-O, Art. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Survivor Now podcast, and it's finally time to share our thoughts on the season 42 finale. We're going to try to get to everything here, and don't worry, you don't just have to sit and listen to my voice the entire time, because I am joined today by two wonderful guests. First off, I'll introduce uh, the man who's been with me since the beginning, since before Survivor AU Blood versus Water. He was the first castaway I ever interviewed on this show. Everybody, please welcome Abraham. Abraham, welcome back to, you're in Texas right now, right? You went to I'm, I'm back home in Texas. Got a chance to go out to season 42 finale out in LA. Uh, had a great time. Got a chance to meet some of the old Survivor cast and some of season 42's cast. Oh, it was great. No complaints on that one. But hey, Randy, good to be here tonight. And also joining us, uh, you know, I did mention Survivor AU Blood versus Water. I am joined by the new queen herself. Uh, she is the daughter of Sandra, and she competed on the past season of Survivor Australia Blood versus Water and did pretty well, probably would have made the merge. I would have bet my entire life she made the merge if it wasn't for an unfortunate injury. Everybody, please welcome to the show. Nina, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a while since we talked. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Just happy to be here and talk Survivor. Uh, did you do anything special for the season 42 finale night? I know Abe went to L.A. I was if you guys are watching on YouTube, YouTube, I'm back in a sling. I had surgery that day, so I was like in and out all day. So I had to kind of rewatch it to make sure I captured everything. So I feel like I had the worst story out of the three of us. But what did you do for a finale night? Watched it alone. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's the best way to do it. I also watched it alone. Hey, you don't have anyone bothering you or anything, which is awesome. I'm happy you were able to watch it live because we were talking about that, whether you'd be able to watch it live on Wednesday. Yeah, I was slightly delayed, but I definitely ah. caught it. Like, you know, pretty much as people were still talking about it, I was just finishing it up because I had gotten off of work, I think, that day. Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely got to watch it just slightly delayed. And then I called my mom like as there was a break and then she spoiled it. And I said, well, <laughs> cause I actually, I had no idea who was going to win. No idea who was final three, nothing like that. 
spoils it. And I was like, so I'm just going to hang up. Oh, man, I would be so mad. My mom's done that before and it's like the worst. But, you know, you can't stay mad at them at all. Um, Did you guys both like stay after Abraham for you stay after Nina? I guess stay up for you. Did you guys watch the after show or was it once the show ended? It's like, okay, I've seen this season. Time to move on. I was in a room with quite a few people, so I kind of it's it's a little different when you're in the environment as somebody that's been on the show because people also want to see you and ask questions. But you're also a fan of other survivors that were there. So I was talking to them, taking pictures. But it it was a good experience to have. Um, But I would have wished I was alone so I could actually hear it and kind of digest it and, you know, go through that same experience of saying, hey, I was on that same season. They were in Fiji the same time we were in Fiji. So they were in quarantine when we were actually packing up to leave. So that was a, I got a chance to talk to some of them as the show was progressing on and they were coming down to the final five. So the whole experience in that aspect was great, but I would have traded that a little bit just so I could kind of hear and really hear what they were saying. I know we're going to talk about what some of the conversations were leading up to the final five and up to the final three. Real quick, Abraham, real quick, before I get Nina's answer to that, um, throw Call them out. Who was the coolest person, you know, the coolest fan moment you had while you were meeting uh, past players and stuff? Who's that one person that you lost so, your mind over? I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you two. Okay. I'll and accept two. I'm I'll you- accept two. His mom passed um, as he was doing the season. And I think his loved one came to visit. And told him your mom is still good to go. And he went home and his mom died the next day. And I got a chance to talk to him. Wait, we I lost said, you for a second. You're talking Adam, yeah, right? Adam. So I got a yeah. chance to talk to Adam was there and I was talking to him. And I, I was like, man, you had a great season. I understand what happened. And I was telling him about it. But I said that was a very emotional season. So talking to him face to face was great. Um, and Tori. From season 42. Tori, meeting, um, meeting the villain, the so-called villain. Tori had dyed her hair, so I didn't know it was her at first. And uh, it was just the way you kind of embrace each other for being on the show. Because I was like, hey, Tori, how you doing? She was like, hey, Abraham, good to meet you. Um, I, I thought I saw you here, but I wasn't sure because when I was on the show, I didn't have a beard. Now I got a beard. And I was just talking to her, man, and just, just reminiscing about something that we all know about our season and things that have went on only 42 and 41 went through. Um, it was great to meet her. Romeo was there as well. He was coming through, but I mean, just to be impactful to talk to other people that know about this internal experience called survivor and this whole adventure. So those are the two that stand out to me. Nina, I got to ask, did you stay up for the after show or you tend to work pretty late. So was it once the show ended, you're like, I'm done. My dog was even like, it's like getting mad at me because he doesn't like to sleep with the TV on. And I was like, dude, just give me a second. And I once it was done, I was done. And I figured one of these days, you know, I'll turn it back on because it's still, you know, like remaining time, whatever. Yeah. I was like, look, I got the winner. I'm going to go to sleep and I'll catch this later. I'll just put it out there. There wasn't you didn't miss anything. That you missed the the promo for season 43, which we'll talk at about just a, a split second at the end. But let's go ahead and talk about that eventual winner. Well deserving, in my opinion. You know, I'll I'll just say it. Abraham knows this. I wasn't a big fan of her all season. 
Who am I winning? What are you talking about? But she deserved the win. You know, you can like, we all have our favorites and stuff and you can not be a fan of someone and still respect the game they played. She's the fifth youngest winner ever on the show. The youngest since Sarah Lucina did it. She is the second straight Canadian uh, female winner. I think we need to start watching out for the uh, Canadian players because they are doing really well for themselves. And she is the first African-American female to win since 20 years ago. I always forget her name. It was a uh, ver starts with a V for Sapia. I know who the player is. I've seen, I remember seeing this episode. I just can't remember her name. I season, Victoria. season four, I believe somewhere back then first African-American female winner in 20 years. So very impressive. Huge congratulations to Marianne. I'll go to Nina first because we've kind of been, you know, you caught up on the season once you got back from playing out in Australia and you're like, I got to catch up before I go on podcasts and talk about it. So overall, what did you think of Marianne's game here and what you saw from her this season? Um, I enjoyed it at the beginning. Like I said, um, I feel like I would get along with her, but just the way they portrayed her. I don't know how long it would have lasted for, or if it would have been completely different, I would have been like happy about it. Um, I can see why in the finale, um, they said they kind of were, she was conveyed as kind of like just carefree la-di-da, um, which was concerning when I did see that. But then her explanation, I mean, a hundred percent, we, we saw her planning, we saw her thinking, um, but I think it was well-deserved. I'm happy it was her, especially being that she's a true fan. Um, Cause that is sometimes hard when you're watching, you know, people learn, people go through the experience. Don't get me wrong, but from the jump, she was happy to be there every day, no matter what. I mean, this girl was spinning around, landed on the ground. I love watching it. That's hilarious. <laughs> and then get up and be like, Oh my God, because, and the thing is, I think I liked it so much because that's how I felt. Don't get me wrong. You're going to see me out there mean mugging because I'm about to throw up and I'm trying to act normal, but I'm just sitting there like, Oh my God, I'm here. But she just portrays it differently. She just, it's an outward thing. And even Jeff was like, you're so happy because she really takes survivor seriously and respects the game. And is just, I mean, you want everybody to be that happy. Um, so it's, it's refreshing. It was very refreshing to meet somebody like her in the game. I loved how you put the beginning of that, how you're like, I like her, but I don't know how long it would have lasted. Cause that's how I felt. Every time I said, I didn't really like Marianne in the game and stuff. People instantly thought like, Oh, he hates Marianne. No, I don't. She is a wonderful soul. And mm -hmm. just the, but kind of the bucket of energy that she is like, she is always on the highest note. And that was the thing for me is I'm like putting myself in the game mm -hmm. and I can be a lot for people sometimes. And I know that. And I'm like, Marianne might be a little too much for me. Mm -hmm. So that was the only thing that got me too is her energy was just nonstop energy. And it was tough seeing her on the bottom, especially once she got to the merge and she's like, I don't know what I did, but it, it's not a good feeling knowing you're at the bottom and no one wants to work with you. Abe, I know you've been a huge Marianne fan all season and walk us yeah. through what led to Marianne's win here. Well, for me, it's just, you got to remember now, when you get that phone call to be on Survivor, you, for me, it felt like I'd already won. And you don't know if you can ever go back and do this again. So for me, through Marianne and through my own adventure, enjoy the moment. 
And every time I saw Marianne, she enjoyed the moment. Um, other players had some ups and downs. We saw a lot of stories that came out of it. Romeo had his story. Uh, Hyde had his story. J uh, Jonathan had his story. You get those stories where people kind of drop their guard and become who they really are if you saw them at home. And to me, her story was just so great. And she really embodied what Survivor should be all about. Play the game, but en enjoy the opportunity and the experience because you may never come back and play again. And she did that all the way through. But I think she threw people off that way. She had gameplay in there. And we see that culminate because when you sit there and you got to convince people, I deserve the title of Soul Survivor and I deserve the million dollars. It's a lot of things comes into play on that jury. Pettiness, mad, angry. And they kind of get away from the whole title of the show. Outwit, outplay, outlast. That is the oh, they, oh they did they did get away from that because it's no longer outwit, outplay, outlast. It's now whatever Jeff said, physical, mental, and strategic. I think is the new phrase he used. And that's the thing about it is the the whole storyline is about that. That's Survivor itself. And to me, she outwitted playful people. She definitely outlasted them, um, and she outplayed them because. When she laid out what you're going to talk about later, her whole strategy, game over, drop the mic, she's done. Uh, it's funny you said that because that was the very next point that I was going to bring out. I'm sitting there, you know, analyzing, trying to see what way the what direction the jury is going to go. And I'm, I'm sorry, Romeo. It was between Mike and Marianne for me. I'm like, I just don't think there's anything Romeo could possibly say to convince the jury that he deserves this, you know, million dollars. And I thought it was leaning more towards Mike. Actually, I'm like, Mike's going to end up winning this game. He's won it until Marianne had her final speech. And we haven't, I haven't put up the survivor awards yet. And that is coming early next week for you guys to vote on it. You just go to the link in our bio on Instagram. But I think move of the season and not even close when Marianne pulls out that idol and we were all thinking in our head, begging her to do it, please pull it out. And she says, look, I have this idol. No one knew about, I didn't play it. She perfectly explained her game to a T. And at that, at that point in time, it was a no brainer for me. I knew exactly what was going to happen. And that was Marianne was going to win the game. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I like to go to, to blood versus water where they told everybody they had an idol. I was like, <laughs> and then for the first half of our season, um, 42, they told everybody they had an idol. I think um, Drea would have still been there playing had she not overshared on everything that she had already gotten accumulated towards the game. She had enough stuff to go to the end, mm -hmm. literally to get to the end. And it's just oversharing. I'm like, what do we start doing that in Survivor? Marianne, Played it to a T, found it, and pitting the two guys against each other, I think it might have been a little different for Marianne if Jonathan was sitting next to her. But Mike and Jonathan had to earn their spots. I don't ever think, I always knew that Marianne could beat Mike. And it's nothing to say Mike mm. didn't have gameplay, but I'm still a little touched about that Roxroy thing. Because <laughs> he always said he gave his word, and Chanel, he railroaded her about putting her name down, putting his name down doing a vote early on in the season. I was like, well, you just voted out Roxroy. So, I mean, it's just different aspects of the game. But to me, well-deserved, well-played. Well, I think we haven't seen a play like that where somebody really told the jury exactly what it took to win for her to be at the bottom. I think her being so descriptive is what's the most important 
also because just even watching my season, you listen, Mark was very descriptive. Nothing against Christy or Shay, but he literally laid out points from day one. Um, and the shared information. If you saw my season or if you ever watch it, you can literally see people throughout the season credit my mom saying, Sandra said, don't ever tell anybody. Sandra said, don't ever tell anybody. And what do they do? They tell people. And I'm talking all season long. <laughs> and it's so frustrating because I never found anything I wish I had. I'm sitting there like, oh my God. And I think that's something that got me in with Shay because I told her I will literally tell nobody like you will never hear that. I told anybody anything about your idol because Brianna told everybody about hers when it wasn't, you know, it wasn't hers to tell, but she knew about it. That's what people do. And I'm sitting there and it's so hard because I have to watch my mouth and I'm like, can y'all be quiet? Like, why can't you just keep it to yourself? It's, it's more fun that way because when it, besides Khan, I think Khan was what he did. I liked it. It disarmed all of us. It confused all of us. We had no idea what was going on until we watched the season. But Marianne gave a super, super descriptive step-by-step of what she did and why she did it. Um, She held on to that idol without telling anyone and didn't have to tell anyone, which was even better. Because I think a lot of people feel like they have to tell people about it to gain something when, in fact, they always lose something. Um, so yeah, I was very, very impressed by her and I'm really, really happy that she actually thought it through because even if somebody felt like anything negative towards her, when she gets to talking, it's like, like you can't, you have to listen. There's no other choice because you're like, holy crap. And then, you know, imagine having one person saying one thing and then here comes this person that you underestimated and they come out with all this stuff. You can't do anything but respect them. And for me, that's the kind of person I would want to represent my season. It was almost like night and day for me because I kind of owe her an apology in terms of I thought that's where she was going to lose her game. We saw many times throughout the season when Jeff would bring up something to her during tribal council, she would go on this long rant and I would always sit there and I would be like, what, what are you talking about? Like, and Jeff loved it and it's great television. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, Marianne stick to the question. So I thought she was going to lose it here, but it was so well said her uh, final so speech it, exactly that's the word i was looking for i'm not going to try to say it because i'll totally butcher <laughs> it but it was it was so well said and it just shocked me i just had to like if i wasn't in bed that day and just so lazy i would have stood up and gave her a round of applause that she could have heard all the way out in fiji and mm-hmm. it, it, it's just it was an excellent performance and i really don't think anything that mike and romeo said could even shine light on what Marianne did. And I think if you compare Marianne's final speech to Mike's, Mike lost a lot of people, especially when they start started calling out his integrity and how he wanted to play the game with honesty. Basically, yeah, you see someone who had no idea what they were going to say, and you see someone in Marianne who knew exactly what they were going to say, and they came prepared. Here's the thing. The editing only showed Marianne as basically a goofy young lady. Like she was just goofy. She was, you know, because she had to say the speech over and over again in order to be able to activate her uh, first idol. And you never really saw her in a serious moment until the final. I was like, who is that? 
because we all get edited. And as much time we spend on the island or in, on the camp, you never get what you think is a good moment in editing. Because we had a lot of great moments in our season that never made it on TV. Because we always said, hey, can we just get the whole tape? I would like to see the unfiltered tape of our seasons. Wouldn't we all? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we had some great moments at night. Um, We had some great moments during the daytime. But what makes the editing or what makes the editing floor determines how we kind of view as watchers of the characters that are in there. But Marianne had some stuff that throughout the season that I was like were great moments. But our attention was on Josh. Sorry, that's your season. Yeah, we're still, our attention is still on Josh right now. (laughs) Jonathan, because Jonathan was a beast, not only in some of the challenges, but even to support his tribe. Um, We had Mike there, which had an idol, which was a a fixture in pretty much every vote. We had Mike in in our crosshairs. We saw Romeo there, but he really wasn't a fixture. He was more so, uh, I, I thought he was going to get voted out long before they got to the last three. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk a lot about Romeo here. It was uh, kind of impressive towards the end. So she kind of could sit back, and Lindsay was there, but Lindsay was the focus. And I think if Lindsay was sitting next to Marianne, she might have not won. And that's the, but that's the game. She won, and they did the editing that says, hey, should I give her my immunity idol that nobody knows about to protect Lindsay? Because she supported Lindsay in finding the, her actual, um, the she found that actual hidden, uh, yes. And I was like, so she was working with Lindsay, but she didn't save Lindsay. And mm-hmm. she made it look like Jonathan was the one that voted her out. Mm-hmm. Great games, boy. I, I love the whole end of that last end of the season here. That's part because she knows that she's about to go to the jury. And the last thing you want is for her to be mad because she don't have the time to process it like everybody else did. Before we start breaking down kind of the end game and how we got to that point, um, Nina, who was, in your opinion, looking at that final five? So Lindsay, Romeo, Jonathan, Mike and Marianne, who was the biggest threat to to winning against Marianne? based off what you saw from the season, you could even think of like a single moment. Who was Marianne's biggest threat in the game? Omar. Um, And I mean, there's, there's always, or should always be at least one player every season where you're just like, Oh my God. Like, how did you just, how did you not just think of it, but pull it off with such elegance. And then after him, Definitely like her, Lindsay, and Jonathan. Um, Romeo, unfortunately, because of the edit just didn't get much. Mike, although I loved him because he was trying to do that whole integrity thing, but kept flipping on people and they were all aware of it. I felt like, as they said, they felt like he was just faking it when he actually wasn't. Um, so I think Lindsay, Jonathan, would probably like if it was the three of them, I would bet money it would be Lindsay or Jonathan. Um, just because how they said themselves, they felt as <clears> though Marianne <throat> kind of wasn't taking it seriously, where they knew Lindsay and Jonathan did. They knew Lindsay and Jonathan went full on every single time, every single challenge, every single tribal. Um, they weren't quiet people, you know, they wanted to speak their minds and they weren't scared to. Um, confront others or say what they needed to say. So I think probably one of them, if not Omar. My thing with my thing with Jonathan, and I'll kind of piggyback off your point. While I loved Jonathan, 
I know a lot of fans did not like Jonathan. That's another thing I posted a posted a little fan moment. I like Jonathan. A lot of people have strong opinions towards him, but that doesn't matter. We're talking about in the game sense. We know Lindsay didn't like Jonathan. I almost feel like if he made final three, even though I feel like he should be one of the contenders based off how well he did in challenges, how hard it is. And, and I'm sad that more people don't look at it this way how hard it is for a big challenge beast to make it to the end. You look back at the Joes and the Aussies, and you can even look at from your season, you can look at people like Shay. Sure. She made the end, but people wanted her out literally every time because she was a challenge beast. So for a big guy like that to make it to the end, that's impressive. Whether a social game is not the best or not, mm-hmm. he, he was able to, you know, kind of manipulate his way to the end in a, in a sense, but I almost feel like he would have been the Shay of your season, Nina, and mm-hmm. the Xander of your season, Abraham. I almost feel like if Jonathan would have made it to the end, a lot of people would have been like, he deserves it. But I almost feel like some of the people on the jury just didn't like him to the point that they would have refused to write his name down the win. Mm-hmm. And let's think about it in Survivor. It, we're, it's people. It's people, and sometimes it's not the best. You're you're in a you're in a moment where you're you're just coming off a plane and you're reliving the game, and that person or those people are still in the game. So you kind of say, "How can I give him some payback?" <laughs> and that was it. I like Jonathan because he really supported his tribe. He was there. I mean, doing the swimming challenge where he had everybody, and he was a physical presence in the tribe. But uh, even like your, yours, Nina, where Croc, I thought was going to be more of a physical presence. Nobody wanted to vote him off early. And unfortunately, how he got voted off was his own, his own, uh, his the person that he brought with him. I was like, what about that? But, um, hey, you're talking to the right person when we talk yeah, about that, voting off your loved one. I mean, so, <laughs> you know what? Great. I mean, that's, that's a great move. You knew in your season that your biggest threat was not going to be your mother and you got two opportunities to win plain and simple i mean look i'll vote my mom off what you talking about <laughs> <laughs> we didn't talk about that going in mom you don't have to vote you off yeah because, and that's a part of the gameplay as well but it's and the way you did it was so elegant you wasn't like hey i'm about to knock my mom off no you was like hey, i got my mom name down and you gotta you still got people you gotta work with mm. which brings me up to omar omar had he not got I'm out. He would have won. Possibly the moment that Marianne won the season. Sorry to interrupt. Just to put that out there. He, I mean, his gameplay and his strategy and getting people to say, no, let's vote this person out right here. But he got a little greedy. Mm -hmm. If he had slowed down just a little bit and said, okay, I'm I'm not going to do this one. I already did Mm -hmm. these other three, but I'm I'm just going to skip number four. And Mm -hmm. I think the exit when Drea, when she left, first of all, Greatest exit in Survivor yeah. history. I was like, that's how you need to exit. Um, so I'll say Omar's the one that told. Once she did that, he was on the chopping block. Yeah. So just a matter of time where it was like, oh, we can't trust him because everybody was still trusting him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that part of the gameplay. Marianne, I love that. Omar, had he made it to final five, that little ball running around there really is how Romeo made it there. Don't get me wrong. You were there. So you had an opportunity to either win or lose and Jonathan lost. Making fire is way easier at home in your own garage. What? No. No, I, I can mean, do it right now. I'll make a fire every day. <laughs> I mean, oh. look, I could 
I got the flint right here. I can pull it out and make fire right now. But here's the thing. When you're out there in Fiji, you got the wind blowing. You got you got the pressure trying to get that fire high enough. And you're like, oh, man. So I like the way they pitted Mike against Jonathan because it could have been either or. But I don't think either one of them would have beat Marianne. And here is my main point. When she laid out what she had done throughout the season, neither one of their stories could have beat her. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about some of the twists and, and turns and how we got there. And we'll mention the fire making here in a couple minutes. But let's start off with this is the second straight season where I could theoretically I've been <laughs> been mentioning it all year that this is basically season 41 part two. But I won't spend a lot of time on that this episode. But we did get another final five immunity challenge advantage. And this is something that they've been pushing. And it's where you get a riddle. You have to unscramble the words, find out what that is, and then go and find the advantage for the immunity challenge. This wasn't even close. Lindsay just got it right off the bat and had 40 minutes to an hour. Who knows how long she was out there to look for this thing while Marianne is like sabotaging everyone else who is trying to work together because she wants Lindsay to find it. My point is, is this advantage a little too much? Because I remember tweeting out as soon as I heard it was for the challenge, she only had to untie one knot while everyone else had six. And I was like, uh, that is that is a lot. That is a huge, like, basically handing you immunity advantage, which I was proven wrong. She didn't win the immunity challenge. So kudos to Mike there to get the win. But do we like this kind of final five immunity challenge advantage or is it too much when we get to the final five? Should we just let people play the game? And at that point, leave the twist out of it and may the best person win. Uh, Abraham, I'll start with you real fast because you actually partook in a season that did this. So what's your opinion on, on this twist? I'm going to go at Nina's season because I think they had so many twists. I was lost for a minute there, but it's, it's the game. She, like you said, she got the she got the advantage, but she still didn't win. So getting the advantage doesn't say naturally you're going to win. It's just an advantage. But and this is down to editing. You don't know how long she was out there looking for that, because when you look at it, when they showed it on TV, they made it seem like it was the most perfect foot ever. I'd have still been looking for that foot because it didn't look like a foot. And here's the thing about it is you want to outplay somebody, and that's really outplaying. Now, here's where it let Marianne lead her to her win because she was rooting for Lindsay. That's why she didn't solve it. Now, we all know before we go in a game, there's going to be where you can look at the Australian Survivor, you can look at U.S. Survivor to figure out what type of games they're going to play. So if you didn't you didn't brush up on riddles, and I'll leave you on a little secret, they give us riddle stuff before we get there in our little package. So if you want to work on the riddles and undo them and crossword puzzles, you're not going to be wanting to solve it because Jonathan couldn't solve it, Romeo couldn't solve it, and Mike couldn't solve it. They, Mike had the best idea. Hey, let's just try to help each other. But Marianne was like, no, I'm not going to really help these guys. And you could hear them get down to one word and couldn't figure out the one word. You got three people working on this, and they <laughs> couldn't figure it out. So kudos to Lindsay for finding it. But again, I love it, but she didn't win. Nina, are you a fan of this advantage, or is it once we get to the end of the game, just leave them be? I like that you had to earn it. 
um, when I heard six knots versus one, I was like, dang. But then I saw the puzzle and I was like, matter of fact, <laughs> you know, like my mom has tiny puzzles. Um, mm-hmm. I think one of her friends named Russell from South Carolina sent them to her. And even them little tiny ones, because of the way those puzzle pieces are. When I first heard it, I was like, really? Like, one not? Like, that's a little bit extreme. But then I saw the puzzle. And then, again, it's the whole, it's it's part of the game. You have to, you can't expect anything. Like, anything can happen. Um, and it makes it more interesting. And I feel like because she didn't win it and Mike did, it gave it that extra oomph. Like he pulled, you know, all the way from the back because Jonathan was running around, bumping into people. She was coming up behind him. Mike was about to, no, I think he was third. Um, but still, it gave him that extra oomph. Now, if she had won it, it'd probably be like, oh yeah, okay. I think that's the thing is our human brains are like if she would have won it oh, of course she won it she won the advantage it gave her the push it gave her that bit but because she didn't win it we're like holy crap you know it doesn't even matter he did it so it, it's kind of a give and take but I just like the fact that she had to earn it because mm. there's other things in the game that you know if it's handed to somebody I feel like oh, come on yeah but- it, did, it did not look like a giant's foot no matter how many times they draw on it I'm like <laughs> I'm not going to see that rock and go, oh, that's a foot. Yeah. What's funny is, like, I think it's Mike's tribe. It was our old tribe. And you kind of, as they walk through it, you start seeing different stuff. And it was like, well, what happened to all the stuff that was over here? And it's not, you could have walked around there for 15 or 20 minutes on that island and still not see anything that looked like a foot. Because you're, the way it's kind of set up is you got pathways. Mm-hmm. And in those pathways, it's spider webs. I think Lindsay was the only person that I saw that looked like she ran into a spider web. But these spider whales were everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, if there's a spider whale, there gotta be a spider. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, nah, this is crazy. I was in the woods looking for an idol, don't get me wrong, but I was like, it's treacherous up in there for her to have to go out there and find it. And you never know how long it takes. Like, I know Shay and them and everybody found some idols, but you never know how long it's actually taking because uh, they edited it out. Yeah. Uh, we, this kind of gets to like Marianne's first like huge game moment. In the sense of, this was a key vote. Okay, this is a chance to get Jonathan out. He doesn't win immunity here. Lindsay's been gunning for him, but then everyone else is gunning for Lindsay, and Marianne has no desire to lose Lindsay. And this is what got confusing. I mean, obviously, it works out in the end for Marianne, but she had that idol that she had to play. No one wants to go home with an idol as a souvenir, as cool as it is. Now, props to Marianne if she is looking at it like, if I keep this till the end, it's going to get me the win. But Nina, it was kind of shocking because she brought up the sense of, should I just play it for Lindsay so she doesn't go home? Mm-hmm. And we see her make the decision not to. Did that shock you in the moment that she she didn't choose to play her idol and just kept it? Not really. I was kind of hoping she would keep it because not a lot of people... I mean, look at my season. People were getting sent home left and right with idols in their pockets. Like, I, I want to go home with it in my pocket because I chose to and because I didn't have to play it. Um, so I think she made the best decision. I'm glad that she made it. I was kind of like, you know, on the edge of my seat, like, oh, man, what is she going to do? I hope she keeps it because the the benefit was outweighing the risk. 
um, to me because she kept it. She had it for her um, argument at the end, her speech. And I mean, if she didn't have that, her speech probably would have still been good, but that gave it that. I mean, you saw everybody's physical reactions. Um, and I think like she said as well, weighing out the options and what we don't see, because I've Jonathan had a moment earlier in the game and then she made a comment herself that a lot of the women don't like how he, he would talk to them around camp. Yeah. So it's kind of like, are you really going to take Lindsay versus Jonathan? Um, so I, I'm glad she made the decision she made. And I was hoping she would make that decision because, yeah, it hurts um, because they were working together. But you got to play your own game. Like she said, she, you know, had to really think about herself and not put other people ahead of her. On the flip side, Mike took his idol that he also had to play. And he <laughs> shocked me. He played it for Marianne, which I guess was him keeping his word. But again, this is like an instance of Mike saying, and he said this at the final tribal council. I only broke my word to one person, and that was Roxroy. And I was like, mm, did you? Because I'm pretty sure you told Jonathan that you were eye to eye going to give him the idol. And you didn't. And I'm pretty sure at some point you told Lindsay that you'd give her the idol. He did. And I was like, yeah. and you didn't. And you gave it to Marianne. Abe, was this, did Mike's game reach the point? towards the end and nina talked about this earlier where his his kind of like line of lies kind of caught up with him here look or his trail his trail of lies that's what i was it did mike towards the end of this game just kind of fall flat in your opinion first of all we all a bunch of liars on survivors i don't know why people are all upset about preach (laughs) preach i can't stand when someone gets so mad about you are on survivor people you are you you could be a saint you're going to lie at some i've never I've never met you. I don't know you. So I'm not going to give you a full true story about who I am. I didn't believe anybody's story until Ponderosa. When you came to Ponderosa, I was like, well, did you really do that in your life? And when they, you know, validated that, I was like, okay, cool. Now I can talk to you. But um, Mike's playing it for, he didn't need it because he just won immunity. It only sealed the resume for Marianne. And it also made her look like she wasn't gunning for Lindsay because two votes were on Jonathan. So she was looking good regardless. Now, what it did do is make sure Mike didn't get a vote. So Lindsay's vote, he definitely didn't gonna get. Chanel's vote, we know he wasn't going to get. Roxroy's vote, he definitely want to get. So that's three votes right there that he was not going to get because he did something to Chanel by voting her out. He lied to Roxroy, and you just voted out Lindsay. So now who's left? We know Romeo's not going to get the votes because they're going to like, okay, you kind of got here by just circumstances, except for the last win. That was his win down, hands down, but not enough of a resume to go up against any other remaining uh, cast. So you're already down three votes that you know you're going to get. Really, you'd only need two more, and you're done. You, you don't need any more than that. So you could have got somebody else. Her speech was so compelling, but she already had votes already for her anyway. Nina, is it possible... Um... Before we get on to the remaining final five here, is it possible for someone to play a truthful game? Because we hear all the time, people are like, I'm going to come in this game. I'm going to be honest. I think you can to an extent. And we've had some very famous winners of the show who were honest for the most part. But I don't know if I can look back to my knowledge and, and know of someone who is just completely honest throughout the entire game. Like, I w- <sighs> no. 
But I also think it's how you say things in a way is like, how can I say, I'll think about it. Oh, that's a great idea. Like you're never giving that confirmation to anybody. You're never giving. That's what I think Mike messed up with. People always forget you have to face these people again. And if you're sitting there telling them we're friends and then you're not friends and you do something to hurt them they're going to be upset about it. So rather than doing that, you should just be like, I like you. You're a cool person. Don't say you're friends. You're still saying something positive. You're still giving them an answer, but it's not, you know, answer a question with a question or kind of answer with something else. Um, I don't think, I think you can be truthful to yourself. Um, I didn't, and I can only speak for myself. I came out satisfied. Don't get me wrong. I went out a crazy way and I was very upset about it for a while. But at the end of the day, I loved my experience so much because I felt like I was true to me and I gave all that I did and I didn't do it completely hurting anybody. People are going to get blindsided. People are going to get talked about. People's names are going to get thrown out there, but I didn't hurt anybody personally. I kept it game. I didn't make it personal. And I think Mike was making it too personal. He was being so involved with each person that they took his word more seriously in the sense of relationship wise, not just oh, Josh told me he got my back. We're good. It was, no, we had this deep conversation. He looked me dead in my eyes and said he had, you know, that's where he messed up. He made it too emotional. Would you ever promise? And I think I know the answer to this. Would you ever promise an idol to someone? You literally said promise. First of all, why would I even tell them about an idol? (laughs) Promise? No. Give, to hold, to touch, to read? No. I literally (laughs) let, oh boy, sorry, I forgot his name just now. Oh, uh, it was, it was Omar. Yeah. He handed him the idol after he told him about Dre is a man. Run off and read it by himself. Oh, like Daniel, you're thinking Daniel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. earlier to literally read. Uh, no, <laughs> you you read it especially once. when he, yeah he's like I need to read it again. No, nope, like, no, you don't. What? Absolutely not. I wouldn't promise anything. And like, there's been people, and I had this experience firsthand. There was literally somebody who told me, "Hey, I'd never write your name down." Boop, done. Don't even want to talk to you. <laughs> because it's not true and i think that's why i respected shannon ricard's um relationship so much because they legit looked at each other and said it's going to come down to the wire one day i don't know who's going to do it first but you know good for you if it's you good for me if it's me and we're done we're good that's the whole point of the game versus people who promise to i never told josh i wasn't going to write his name down you you just can't you can't in the show you can't look at someone and say Throughout this entire game, I will never write your name down. It, it's a fluent game. About you something. Uh, it's just timing. Yeah. Timing, like for the we're, what was different was I wish we had two tries versus three. Yeah, that's it's too small. Yeah, it's just, yeah. You don't have a, you really don't get a chance to get your footing with the relationship. There's a certain level of a relationship you have to form with everybody. Um, and I'm like, okay, you really don't have. We had two votes out on the very first tribal council. There is nowhere to hide. And then you got to make a decision. Either it's going to impact you positively or negatively. And I'm not going to, I got, well, for me, I got a certain, I got a certain level of something I'm not going to put out. I'm never going to put my mother's name out there as I swear on my mother. That's just. Plus it, 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 it just happens so much now. Like that used to be, and I'm not trying to take it away from anyone. I'm not saying like you're lying. If you do that, if you want to do that, you know, that's on you. 
But oh, it no, used I, to be. I, I it, my two brothers set up. My two brothers used, in my throat. They, I was gonna yeah, throw your throwaway. Yeah, I probably use my bro, but it's like it's a line that was used rarely back in the day. And now it's like every time you promise someone something on the show, I swear on my grandma, I swear on my kids. It's like, does that still, while to no. you it might have a great meaning, I've heard it a million times from a million different people. I've watched a million different people throw like a family member out and then turn their back on that person. So does that phrase really even have meaning anymore? It does know. because the people that you're saying, you, you, you never met these folks. And let me tell you something. We had some compelling stories of people's lives as you get to know each other because you only see 45 minutes of it. We're there 24 seven with each other. You will eventually tell us about your kids, tell us about your household, your wife. And at some point, as you start to not eat every day and you don't get a regular eight, nine hours of sleep, you just start talking about all kinds of crazy stuff. <clears throat> so in all of that, that's the game itself because that's a part of it. I'll, I'll play out last. And I may be playing with Nina. Let's say we go on Survivor together. And I'll be like, man, I'm going to have to, I, I'm going to be like, hey, me and her, we're going to go head to head. I'd rather compete with you head to head. But I'm going to tell her, no, not right now. Look <laughs> at where we got to go to. Let's get to the merger. Let's get down to the final five. Then let's battle it out. Let's be realistic about it. Now, I've only seen where one group has worked together, and that was coach season, where they all worked together and they all actually made it to the end together. Usually what happens is somebody flips over or somebody doesn't trust the next person. Mike, Mike is a very stand-up type of guy in the wrong game because it looks like he's lying. And then when he hit Roxroy, it's like, okay, well, can we really trust Mike? So all those things come back into play because now all we do, I don't know about for, for y'all, Nina, is talk about the game. That's all we do. You, you don't want to go get water. You don't want to seem like you're doing too much. You don't want to say something to offend somebody because in this moment of this game, that may be the difference between you getting voted out or how I came to my person to vote out. It was that I pointed out things that were not done. So I didn't have to say I said it. I was like, hey, y'all saw her. she was on that raft. She wasn't pedaling. Hey, you, you saw her. What was she at in the challenge? I didn't see her. And they were like, um, I know votes was like, hey, what's your strategy? I said, hey, we have to win or we got to vote. Yeah. Because if we don't win, it doesn't make a difference. And, you know, they voted me out. The next person to come was votes because now you got three women and only two guys. So now you have the upper hand. And the women said, well, we're going to work together. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, when they lost the next challenge, they voted out. The only reason Xander didn't get voted out is because Shan's tribe won the next, their next challenge. Mm-hmm. I mean, they lost and they started to have to vote each other out. If it wasn't yeah. for that, all the men on my tribe, Yasa, would have been voted out the same way we've seen in previous seasons where the women band together. Not yeah. to say it's always going to be some dynamics that you want to go with, either men versus women, young versus old. The best way to go is mix it all up and then say, OK, let's play. Mm -hmm. Before we get to the fire making challenge and, you know, our, our opinions on that. Uh, I do have to say, I just respected, uh, man, I was just vicious this season with a lot of the cast members. Romeo, uh, the last show I did with Will Abraham, you weren't here, but I kept saying all episode, who's that? I don't know who you're talking about because he really was under edited this season and there's always one and it's so sad. And he was just playing from the bottom and it's impressive. It's the exact reason that uh, in Survivor AU, Blood versus Water, I would have given my vote to Shay. 
my vote as well as Mark played and as much as he deserved it. I thought it was more impressive that Shea was on the bottom throughout the entire game and made it to the end than Mark being in the majority alliance for most of the game. So I do want to talk about Romeo here real quick because, you hold know. Hold on, hold on. Randy, I, I got to ask Nina a question. This is the problem. Oh, go time. ahead. Go ahead. Nina, why were they gunning for Shea every vote? What was Josh? Josh was mad. He, he kicked some sand or something. What happened? Because um, every vote. From what I hear, camp life could sometimes just be a bit much. Um. People want to be around people like them. People want to be around people they get along with. While I was there, me and her got along with really well. And a lot of her energy came to me. When I left, a lot of her energy went elsewhere. And those people just weren't ready for it. Um, that's my perspective. That's what I've heard. It just, it wasn't even game specific. It was just like <laughs> a little bit. Pettiness. Yeah. Little pettiness, yeah. Yeah, and just just energy wise, um, some people just didn't get along that well, and it wasn't like anything negative. It just like Marianne, just a lot of energy, and sometimes you're you know that one part where Jonathan is like they don't stop talking, like and that just eats up some people more than others. And when there's ten Jonathans, you know they're always going to be coming after you at some point or have you as that backup vote because it's kind of indifferent because you're not connected with anybody. When I was there, she was connected with me. I was connected with Josh and so on and so forth. Once I left, not that it was just me, just, you know, using me as my own perspective. Um, once I left that dynamic kind of changed because I could be like, Josh, okay, let's talk to Shay. We got this. When I'm not there, they don't talk to Shay. They don't, you know, it was me who was kind of, Talking to her. It seemed like they was, if you haven't seen Blood versus Water, uh, the Australian Survivor, go out there and look at it. Great season. I loved all the challenges. I wanted to go on it just to be on the challenges. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Nina didn't like the challenges. <laughs> no. I, look, I loved them. I was like, this is great. It's funny because they call it bashing. They're always like, oh, they have us bashing each other. We're doing all this physical stuff. Like, I'm tired. Our throats were so dry. We were hoping for some puzzles. A lot of people watch the American version, prepping themselves for puzzles. And, I mean, arguably, we didn't even have any puzzles. Like, there was a few things at the end. You know, Josh did that thing. Um, I said that thing. That one challenge. One of those puzzles, whatever. And But it's, it's not as complex as the American version. Um, I'm okay with the physical challenges. I didn't mind it. I wish we did have a little bit more obstacle courses, more puzzles at the beginning, but the challenges are actually fun afterwards. <laughs> when you're doing them, you're like, <gasps> but they're fun afterwards. <laughs> they're fun. They're fun to watch for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but do you guys think it's impressive to play from the bottom, say like a Shay or say Romeo this season, you could even say Heather in season 41. Is there, is there really a lot of emphasis on the title of GOAT, which in Survivor means a whole different thing than if you're looking in terms of like sports, you know, GOAT's the grace of all time. But in Survivor, if you're a GOAT, you get carried to the end. Is there an emphasis on that or is it actually impressive to make the final three playing from the bottom? Nina, I'll go with you first. So if you ever watch survivor au season six brain versus brawn george is an example he played from the bottom but his strategic game was on point people were coming after him every single time and he compelled others to play with him at that vote 
So playing from the bottom, I think it just depends on who you are. Unfortunately, how your edit is, but if you were there, how it is. So is it just talking about Romeo because that's this season? He said his name was always thrown out there just as a scapegoat because they didn't care whether he went or not. So is it impressive that he made it to the end? Yes. However, my thought always goes to George because I'm like, he was fighting though. Not that Romeo wasn't. He was just playing a complex game that compelled others. So him fighting from the bottom was literally like knuckles bleeding where Romeo maybe threw out, you know, they said like you threw out some random votes. Like you say you well, were- Well, he, he mentioned too. He mentioned at times. It's funny you say that. He brought it up and he was like, I'm just going to sit here and let the big dogs take each other out. So, I mean, you have a point. He mentioned that multiple times that he was just going to lay back and let everyone else take each other. And I get that. But just as a player, somebody who tries their best to not go over the top, but to do everything I can, that's not my favorite. If he had said two or three things like, yeah, I let them do that this time because I could see them doing their own thing. They were, they were butting heads. Why interrupt? But I did A, B, C, D. That I get. But just sitting there every vote, that doesn't really sway me because I, you say you're fighting from the, bro- the bottom. How? Tell me how. It's, it's, you know what? You have to be able to phrase stuff in this game of Survivor. And he just couldn't, he couldn't phrase his narrative because he really, I think, got caught up in the emotional part of being at the bottom. And can never really get his footing. Like, for instance, Hyde. Hyde had great footing. They just got him. You know, uh, Omar, great footing. Omar was never a threat. He never won any of the immunities. He just had a great strategy for the game. And he played it. So he could go back and say, no, no, no. I'm the one that did this vote here. Mike wasn't a killer on the, the thing. And Mike really was kind of just going through. Really what Mike had going for him is they said he had immunity idol. But they never tried to flush it. The only person I think I ever voted for him originally was Chanel, and that was kind of like a throwaway vote. And here's the thing about it is, if you can phrase it and have something to actually phrase it on, which Romeo didn't, he got there, and I got to applaud him because that last challenge, he won outright. Mm-hmm. Nobody can take that and say, hey, no, you won that outright and deserve to be there. But as far as do you deserve to be the sole survivor in comparison to the other two players, he was legitimately third. I mean, there's no other spot for him. And he made it down there. I applaud him for that. But Survivor is so finicky to the cast. Like, for me, I would say that if I was on season 42, I would have made it to merge because they respected the strong players. They wanted the Jonathans, the Rocks, Roys, the Mites. They were like, no, we want to keep them out there and want to do things. With mine, they were just gunning for everybody. <laughs> they didn't care. Everybody got the hit. Because and every season is different. You got a group of people with have seen the game and have different perspectives of it and they bring them all together and but do you want to play the game or do you want to win the game Mm -hmm. romeo successfully played the game of survivor no question about that but he didn't play to win everybody else that got voted out before romeo before we when we got to the last five everybody before that got voted out because they were playing the game if you go back and look at them they played the game and got caught they got voted out but they played the game. Romeo kind of just drifted through. And we always have every season you have players that drift through. For your season, Nina, I would have to say um, the one that voted Crocs. Chrissy. Chrissy. 
to me as a player, she floated through. And I was like, well, you didn't really do anything. I can't vote you as sole survivor, especially with Mark's in there, because you really have nothing to say that you really did. You kind of floated through. Nothing to take from you because you did outwit players. Mm -hmm. You did outwit, outlast, but you definitely did not outplay. So you got two to three. I'll give you that, but I can't give you the win. So I would have said, hey, great you making here. I'm going to applaud you, but I'm not going to vote for you for Soul Survivor. We, we heard from Abraham earlier in terms of the fire making challenge, um, which comes down to Jonathan and, and Mike here, or the fire making showdown, I should say. And Nina, and we got that on your season. I thought it was interesting for Survivor Australia. They put it in the middle of the season and we saw Mel go up against Ben. I, I know that Abe and I are fans of it from what I remember mm-hmm. us speaking, but do you enjoy the fire making or do, would you prefer how it used to be? How, you know, you have to choose who you take to the end and then you vote from there or something like that. No, I enjoy it because I think it's such a big part of the game. I mean, literally fire represents life. And I feel like it gives you a little bit more satisfaction in both regards because Mike did it. He won it. He earned it. Jonathan didn't, but it was in his own hands. This was done by me. And I accept that. I can't blame anybody. And I, I'm speaking from my own perspective. Yeah. Because I left with it just out of anybody's hands. Um, so to have that and say, you know what? I'm over here bleeding, cut myself, did this, did that. And it just didn't work out. All right. I could deal with that. It wasn't the, they stabbed me in the back. Holy crap, I did. And then you start analyzing a thousand things. Not that Jonathan wasn't. Um, but I do enjoy it. I think it also specifically for my season really shows you some things. Mel got a purple edit. Ben was a challenge beast, big personality. You knew who he was and look what happened. You know, it's one of those things where it's kind of satisfying to watch, um, especially with the way they edited it. They didn't really show, they showed Mike kind of struggling. So you're like, "Mm." is anyone else shocked that Mike won? Because I am. He's a, he's I was a firefighter. Shocked. He's a firefighter. Okay, well, just because you're a firefighter doesn't... He even said he had no idea how to make fire. And we're talking about Jonathan, who had been providing for the tribe, making fire all season. And it looked like he had, you know, my Boy Scouts are coming out. My Boy Scout days are coming out here. Um, But it looked like he had a more structural, you know, functioning here's, fire here's, other here's than Mike, see. who was just throwing stuff on it willy-nilly. Yeah, but here's what you don't see. Fiji is not kind to you in fire. The wind is always blowing because you're at, you're literally right off the ocean. So mm-hmm. where they're located at, it's not like they block it off so the wind doesn't get to you. Mm-hmm. And again, there's a method to the madness of building fire that's tall enough to burn that rope. If you don't have a base to it, I think we saw in one season where somebody had a humongous fire, but it wouldn't burn the rope and then it went out. Mm-hmm. Mel, I credit Mel on your season because she was beast mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Ben. Ben was out there competing. Ben won a challenge by himself for his whole tribe. Yeah. That social game also got it. But Mel, she won that. And I think if she, if Mel was a lot, probably a lot more forceful in how she presented her game, Mel could have got some other people out before she got voted out or made it to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I love the fact you got to make fire. Because look, we all know from previous seasons of Survivor that you got to make fire. So what do most of us do? We learn how to make fire at home. Mm-hmm. I, I went out and got some flint and they said this was my fault. 
<laughs> that flint broke the very first night. And I was like, what kind of flint is this? Because my flint never broke. And here's how I know it broke. But they used that against me, too. They was like, he broke the flint. I was like, I, I didn't break that flint. I was just trying to make fire. And they brought him a brand new flint the next day. They yeah. never give you anything in Survivor. So yeah. they knew that flint was bad. And it's a part of the game. I, I was like, hey, so I would have loved to sit down there. I would have been nervous because making fire can go either way. You can win or you can lose. But who would who would win fire making between Abe and, and Nina? Who who do we think would win? Yeah, good point. Stop. Stop I'm a veteran. I was I'm a veteran. the thing I'm is you survivor. never know. I'm a veteran. I'm a veteran. <laughs> I, I honestly like I would want to say him, but I'm not gonna count myself out because I would give it a red hot go. Look, I'm, I'm saying I'm a veteran because I my season was 30 days before her. I'm a veteran. I know this game. Now. Abraham, we yeah. we know you would end up being Jonathan. It would be the same situation. Abraham would be like, all right, I got this. Nina would be like, I'll try my best. And then Nina would end up beating you in the end. We all know that's how it would go down. And, you know, watching it, like Ben and then they all stood up. I'm thinking because the wind started blowing and I literally out loud said, stand up, like black the fire <laughs> and the oh, wind blowing the fire. And I'm like, do y'all not? Hello, grab your right. shirt. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Use your shirt to your advantage. I, I was just sitting there the entire time. I'm like, someone's going to get burnt one of these days. Yeah, that fire at his hand in it. Like, like thank you for noticing. I was thinking he was literally like holding the fire, and he's like, "All right, I got flame." And I'm like, "How are you not getting burnt right now?" It's a million dollars. I'll be all right. Give me some salve. I mean, but you you're in the, you're in. The, it's so much fun. I mean, that's why I, I said enjoy the moment. It's so much fun just to be there and competing. And some people leave mad, unfortunately. But if you if you really enjoy yourself, you you have a better chance of making fire. But if you have no idea how to structure fire, it, you probably not go in. I'm gonna have a good time regardless. And mm-hmm. if Nina takes me out over the fire, I'm gonna say good job, and I'm gonna pray that she comes to Ponderosa next. <laughs> Look, well, right. another, another <laughs> thing I I want to point out, I don't always like. Well, we love to criticize the editing team and everything that they do. And, you know, they put in countless hours. So I applaud them for that. They did do something I really loved during the season that I've never seen before. And that was build up to the final three. They let the jury speak in confessionals. And they were doing this edit where we heard from Mike, um, Marianne and Romeo, why they deserve to win. And then the, the jury was saying, my vote's out there. I don't know who I'm voting for, or my vote's going to go to whoever played the best strategical game. I loved that aspect. I thought it was a fresh, you know, thing for the game. Uh, Abe, do you have any opinions on the survivor editing team, adding this into the game where we get to hear from like everyone from the confessionals? So I'll say this. Well, I don't know how close Nina, one, I want to applaud the, the crew that films both shows. Because you never see what we put them through. Um, we were we were making fire and it was smoking and they was dying, but they were still hanging in there. They're on the same boats that we are when we got to do stuff. So I got to applaud them for the work they put in. But the distance between your voting and your voice is not that far. So you can actually hear, it depends on how loud that voice is, what they're saying. So it's kind of, I, I can understand it. And I appreciate the fact you allow that to be a part of the end of the season. But going through the season, I probably wouldn't do it because you're just, we're not that far apart from each other. 
And if you're sitting there, you can kind of hear if they're talking, you're like, oh, I'll vote for this person. It's like, nah. Because now it, it may interrupt it when they come back and you know, oh, you just voted for me. And you, because if you look at season 41, it was a lot of live count, a lot of live tribals where they just were talking all over the place. And we're like, it's great for TV, but it's like, one, I don't know about y'all, Nina, we did ours late at night and I was tired. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I just Abe keeps saying that the first tribal he went to, he did not care what they were asking him and he was oh. just so tired. Yeah, think about it. I was up. I don't know. We got up when the sun came up and we went to bed when it got dark. Yes. Um, the only difference with us is because of COVID, we had a lot more pauses because my mom was like, what the f- is this? Um, because for her, everything keeps going. For us, we had a lot of pauses. So, for example, I didn't know the times until later on, but I'm just going to say something like 5 p.m. The sun is still out. They would take us. We have to kind of sit somewhere to wait. Um, and then you, uh, the sun goes down. Like you literally watch the sun go down. I would sit there and stretch. I take a nap, all this. Then you wake up and it's pitch black. So you're kind of like, like half asleep, half awake. Cause you got a little nap or something. Um, and then we go to tribal. So my mom was like, no, we would just strategize, 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 you know, make our way to tribal and start for us. It was strategize pause for a few hours, then go to tribal. Well, the next time, Randy, you think we walk the tribal? Oh, no, I know you guys don't walk to tribal. No. I know you don't walk all the way. So think about it. We're I know the behind the scenes. I'm a, I'm a nerd when it comes to this. I know the behind the scenes of this game. So we, we look, everybody played the same game. Please don't throw up. Like, don't, I don't want to be the first one to throw up on the boat. Because once you get sick, you're sick, especially when you're on a boat. And now you have to go sit there and try to look like you're engaged but you've gone all day we woke up we didn't even know what time it was let me ask you a quick question how long did you have to get to acclimate to the new time were you already in in australia for a few weeks a month a month and a week because of delays it would have been two weeks quarantine start filming but they had a bunch of delays because covid was popping up here and they you know australia did not play like even for us to get in was a headache they did not play so we had a huge um delay but it kind of worked to our benefit that i actually was on schedule it wasn't just jump over there figure it out it was oh okay so we had we did three days of napping and then never nap again. So we we adjusted quickly, but we had a whole like month and some change to actually just be like, oh, okay, this is cool now. So what's funny is the news channel that we could pick up in the resort was Australian's news. So huh. we knew we knew kind of what the pandemic was and what was going on as far as getting the shots over and things like that. But we were there for three, almost three and a half weeks before we had to start filming. But since we were in a basically in a large bubble with everybody. Everything was like, bam, we were gone. Every time when it started, we went straight on through until it finished, uh, which made it a lot better. But it's, it's, it's a little grueling. And you go and you get up at probably sunlight, which maybe we'll say six o'clock. Mm-hmm. You go through, you do the challenge, and then you're up all day doing whatever. And then it's not like it's eight o'clock. It may be 10 or 11 o'clock. And you're like, I got to just try to make it through this and look the part. Yeah, for you guys, I could see only because we had that pause. So anytime before tribal, we knew, all right, we could probably take a nap or stretch or something because there's no talking. You can't because it's cheating. You know, you can't do that. Um, so I I took advantage and I took naps. 
Oh, so y'all couldn't talk. Y'all couldn't strategize. Yeah, in that pause. You. Oh, that's different. And my mom was like, what is this? Um, it's just, you wake up, you, you, there's always a camera there. You wake up. Um, and when a group comes, you know, all right, yeah, we're about to go do something. It's not an off day because you guys were on every day. But, you know, for us, because it was so long, we would have off days. Then you're like, all right, today's not an off day. Let's hurry up and eat and get our rice going, get our beans soaking, whatever we needed to do, get dressed, blah, 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 clean your clothes go to your challenge. If you lose, you come back, you strategize. And then it's like, ah, stop talking. And then you get uh, taken to tribal and then you wait for the sun to go down. Then you start tribal. Yeah. We, we only, the only time that you, you weren't a part of some type of strategy is when they are, uh, we, I think I forgot what they called them, but you had to go, we basically had to go film stuff. So if you ever look at survivor and how it works and they got these videos of people talking, of stuff that's happening, they're actually doing that within the game. But what it hurts you is Nina may be gone and me and Randy, we're together. We can strategize still. And Nina may come back five minutes before we got to actually go to tribal. Well, you're now, confessional. Yeah, confessional. We have to do the confessionals. And you're like, you're like tired because you just came from a challenge. You wiped out. You only ate for y'all some rice. We didn't have any rice. Um, you're drinking coconut milk. You're like, man, I don't want to talk to y'all. But you... you <laughs> If you ever go back and look at it, I am happy all the time. It's like I would walk down the path to doing my confessional and I'll be dead tired. Yeah. When they, when they turn the camera on, I'll be like, hey, what's up? What's going yeah. on? Then I'll be going back down tired. <laughs> Survivor is a wild in what you don't see in yep. order to make the actual show work. But I didn't know y'all do like real live pauses because I was like, no, nah, we just go. Yeah. And it, it, because of COVID, it caused that because they have like laws against labor stuff. So it's so hot out there, like heat stroke type stuff that those people have to have breaks. So when they're having breaks, we can't talk, we can't anything like because it's considered cheating. You don't want, you know, anybody talking and I don't know the labor thing for Fiji, but we didn't get that. <laughs> Australian Americans, we work till we're dead. You well, know, they, Australians not you. I, I put it out there, which survivor I'm enjoying more at the moment. So I'm going to ask the question to you guys in this current moment, which one are you enjoying a bit more between the U S version? And we're going to get to just in a, in, in a quick second, after we answer this, I want to know what's something that the U S version needs to change and out of all their new advantages, something you like that they can keep. Um, but between the two, we won't throw in South Africa and New Zealand and all that, but between those two, which one are you enjoying the, the most right now? Nina, I'll start with you first. Um, I'm biased, but yeah, I'm going to say the Australian version. While I think the American version is more stimulating in the sense it's always on go, I think there's just a bit much. So I like the Australian version because it feels like the old survivor. I'm a fan of the old Survivor. Um, there was, like, we really didn't grasp the shot in the dark. We did, because we had never seen it before. We kind of couldn't, it didn't factor into our strategy for Survivor. Only one person in our season played the shot in the dark. No one else played it. No one really kind of thought about it. Actually, it was almost like an afterthought and forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Um, where Australian Survivor, I looked at the challenges and really wanted to do their challenges because what you don't see is our puzzle pieces are actually weighted. Them things is heavy. 
And everything I put my hands on seemed like it was heavier than what I anticipated it was going to be. Mm. And I was like, God, dog, this stuff is heavy. But I love the physicality of your challenges and just to go up against some of the players. I would have loved to win up against Jonathan. Look, come get some of this little fella. I'm about to put this work out <laughs> because that's the game of Survivor. So I would have loved that part of it. But I'm with Nina, too. I would like a puzzle break. And I probably like Jonathan. I'm, like, I'm good at puzzles, but I'm like, I don't really care about the puzzles. But I just wanted to sit back and get when you're going through it. I don't know about y'all. We was winded. I could tell Croc was tired. Um, but you're just gassed when it's all said and done. And they don't show it. But the first challenge, man, I was laid out. I was like, I need a second because it's hot. You're out there and you only see us doing a challenge. I don't know for, for your season where we were actually have to wait in the heat. Before we actually go, the one thing they did for us the whole time, we always have to hydrate. Yep. And here's the funny part. We didn't have no bathrooms. <laughs> so think about it. An hour of just drinking water the whole time around a crew of people there to film you. And it's like, well, I go to the bathroom. It's OK. Well, there you go. Some episodes I'd watch and I'd tell people I peed over there. I peed <laughs> over there. Like because you really it was. And I know Fiji isn't too far, but we're in the outback. I have never felt my skin sizzle. Like raining, we had rain two days, cloudiness, things like that. We didn't even have the wind. That's the only thing is it, when it was hot, we couldn't walk on the sand. Like we could not. It was. Didn't, didn't so you tell hot. me there was like a time of day where like they told you don't go out at this time? It was, it wasn't that it was more, um, um, the three, three rule, like don't mm, go yes. more than, uh, three hours. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So they at before, like, in just talking, they're like, always be mindful of the sun. If you feel like you're getting way too hot, dip in the water, go under the shelter, whatever you need to do. So we actually had a few times where like one person would go under the shelter and then everybody would go. And then it was kind of like our like 30 minutes to an hour of just chit chat. And don't get me wrong, people were still whispering and stuff, but it was so hot that you're just like uh uh-uh. we would hydrate one time everybody uh chugged some water bottles like it hurt um there's moments where you'll actually see throughout the season where we start having water bottles because there's things that you don't see and people laid out and things like that and then they're like get up you know we're about to start you know filming the okay you guys lost whatever and we're like literally because you try not to get mad but you're like forget you (laughs) literally can't like i've been tired i've exercised all that when i tell you i like i'm thinking about it now my throat felt like it was sticking together i couldn't even talk i was coughing so hard my eyes like and i'm sitting there like i couldn't even say like where's the water um and i'm just sitting there like I can't drink because there was some stuff. Um, some of our challenges, it was still water because they just like a dug a hole. And so you, you can't be drinking that. So I'm sitting there like about to die. Tears coming from my face. Nobody cared. And, you know, it's funny because for us, it's like you don't share drinks. And because we had gotten tested, everybody's like passing their own water bottle. It was like, dude, take a sip, pass. Nobody ever done <laughs> anything. It was sip, sip. Anytime somebody got a water bottle, even if you had a water bottle in your hand, I'd be like, like, well, it was ridiculous. That must be something synonymous with Survivor, because I think the first, when we when we actually put us on Yasa, 
And we had to go do something and come back. And we didn't know whose water bottle. These were when we still drinking plastic water bottles before we got ours. We didn't know which ones was which. Man, we was like, we don't care. We, we, you <laughs> not, it anyway. You I mean, you're so out. Easy. You're surviving on an island. If you're really going to complain about whose water bottle is what, I'm just going to pick one up and drink it. Last thing before we move on, water bottles after Tribe Swap. Red wrote their initials on their water bottles. We didn't. So we came, me came across Jordan and Amy, my mom and Dave. And they're like, whose water bottle is who? And we're like, whichever one you grab. And then they're all like, oh, you guys just drink out of what we're like, yeah, who cares? I had a water bottle with somebody scrunchy on it. Couldn't even tell you whose it was. And I didn't give it back to him. It's like you're. You're surviving. You can't worry about who you're drinking after. I mean, uh, just I drink care. drink the water. Yeah. Here's the thing. Survivor as a thing kind of strips you down a couple of levels. Now, if I'm at home somewhere, no, I'm not drinking that. I don't know you. Once what? you get there, a lot of things you kind of just push to the sides. Like, I am thirsty because we, basically, they cut a path through the jungle. So if you ever go outside and stand next to a high level of grass, it is hot. And we're waiting before we can go even start the challenge and you're trying to drink water. Well, it's, it's really no fun in drinking a bunch of water and then trying to go perform. That's what it comes down to. So you're like, man, and then if you run out of water, they don't run and give you water. It's like, well, you could have filled your water up. So we're drinking water. We're hydrating. They was like, like one, there was one particular challenge where one of the cast member female had to pee and she's like, I gotta go to the bathroom. Because what happens is when she gets nervous, she has to go to the bathroom. And we've drinking all this water. They were like, okay, just go right there. Well, well, we all are standing there. It was like, we didn't have no shame. We was like, if you got pee, go pee. Yeah. To, Animals, we, yeah. We had to go do I love water. it. And my sandals got broke jumping off the boat. So now I don't have any shoes. I got my regular feet. And it's like, okay, I gotta go to the bathroom. A couple other people had to go to the bathroom. And Shan had to go to the bathroom. And I was like, okay. They was like, yeah, the bathroom's down there. So we're walking down this path. I'm like, okay, where's this bathroom at? She was like, oh, you guys go over there. Shan, you go over here. I mean, I don't have any shoes on. Where are you going? (laughs) And we're in the midst, me and Nasir, we're in the woods standing next to each other in the jungle. Anything could have been in that jungle, man, but we're on Survivor. So you kind of you kind of got to realize in some part of your mind is, okay, this is just temporary. And I'm going to drop a couple of pegs in what I would consider to do at home and what I'm doing out here. Man, I'll hey, I, I, I hope our friendship has reached the point that if we're on a camping <laughs> trip, you will share your water bottle with me. I know you said you wouldn't do that in real life, but like we're not on that level yet, Abraham. I don't know what else I could do. Look, my water <laughs> is upstairs. My, my Fiji water bottle from Survivor is upstairs. I they didn't have, keep mine. I don't what? even open it. They didn't let you keep your water bottle. No, we kept. They let us bring that back with us. Our backpacks and our our Fiji. I have never opened that that thing again, and probably never will. Ah, I'm gonna I would, write. Never, I would never drink out of it again. So I'm no. gonna email the uh, the survivor team over in Australia. I'm gonna get Nina her water bottle back. That's Please what I'm gonna do. do. <laughs> Has an N on it. Oh, that is terrible. Um, to kind of wrap up the, the season 42 talk. And by the way, I have loved every moment of this uh, kind of going on a tangent about like our previous seasons or your guys's previous seasons and stuff. 
I tell Abraham this every day. I am blessed beyond belief to be able to start this podcast. Just started it last August. It was just something I was recording on my phone. And to have the opportunity to have past survivor um, castaways come on to the show and share their experiences. You will never see me complain. I don't care if we if we say one thing about season 42 and the rest of the show is just us talking about uh, Abe's favorite bathroom stories from the island. <laughs> oh, but Nina, y'all have bathrooms. <laughs> Look, uh, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. I read the article about the, the, the environment for New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sorry, New Zealand and Australia. The environment for Australia, that is the reason why they structured your game a little different from ours. We had so, names, we had names for our stuff. We had names and we had specific areas. So at night, don't get me wrong, you pee wherever you pee, but during the day, um, there are areas that you specifically go to do business. Yeah, so we had they would <laughs> no, I'm making my own, I'm making my own spot. If I go on the island, I am making my own spot and everyone's gonna know. Not, so I don't know about the darkness of Australia. It is dark on that island. And you and um, on the safety side of it, there are holes that the nocturnal birds that live there dig those holes. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't see the path. So if you accidentally kind of walk off the path, you will fall in that hole. Mm-hmm. And you will be going home because you don't broke your leg. I mean, I'm like, what is up with these holes around here? But yeah. you got to be cautious of that, especially at night. I and but the ocean's right there. And I got up one night and it was pitch black and I was tending to the fire. But I could never see what I was picking up on the beach for wood. I'm just sticking my hand down in the moonlight. So yeah. We had our first like two nights, I think, were pitch black. Um, when we came back from tribal because we were the first ones who had to go we had to put our torches up and they got mad at us because we put them in the wrong spot but all of us were like then we kind of you know they were like well we can't see what do you want us to do and then they're just like well this is where they go and that's it um but then we had a full moon when the full moon was out we could see when it wasn't we couldn't um but the thing is you just kind of follow who's in front of you and i will say i try to be quick um blue camp had a very long walk, like 10 uh, minutes. They to- drew the short end of the stick is what you're saying. Blue camp was closer to challenges, but longer to get to camp. Is this so- the initial blue or blue too? Initial blue. Initial blue. Okay. Um, there was a lot of like ups and downs and going around corners and stuff, specifically the first up and down. Like if you slipped, you're slipping on rocks and stuff like God knows what. And then you kind of see a little bit of like a clear path. And then you have to kind of walk. Sometimes we had to walk in water. Sometimes we didn't, depending on which way. Um, Red 2.0, they had a shorter walk, but a steeper walk, like no, absolutely. I would take the longer walk than the steeper walk because it was like, I mean, you couldn't, your torch, oh my God, I didn't know <laughs> torch, how big torches were in real life. And so you're trying to walk and use it like a cane. You're hitting the person behind you. You're hitting yourself in the kneecap. You're walking, thinking it's high enough, but it's not. So it hits a rock and jolts you back. Like red camp, very steep, blue camp, very long. That torch is heavy. There's a lot of hidden things that you don't know what to show you to like. When you see us walking into 
uh, tribal, nine times out of 10, you'll see me like this because they pour all that stuff in there and they're like, don't tip it over. It might, you know, spill or something or something might come out. So I'm holding it like this. My arms are shaking. Like that thing is heavy. I was always wondering about like the shorter players. Like I think Sam in particular, she always had it like over her (laughs) shoulder and it's like two times her size or whatever. It's heavy, it's big, it's uncomfortable to hold. And then you're standing there waiting for them to tell you to come in. And then you're walking and you're trying not to trip because you're scared and all this. And you still have to come down some rocks to get to tribal. So they're like, okay, go and make sure you're in line. And then your thing is tipping over and you're like, oh crap. And you're half asleep and you're tired and all that. Let me tell you something. I hated sand. Sand is the absolute worst of walking. It's cool when you're at the beach, you're having a good time. It felt like I was walking in just cement because every step was deliberate. You had to really pick your feet up. And it's, it's just stuff they don't tell you. Yeah. But I, then, uh, I'm going to go I'll back. Go I'm going to go back. <laughs> I don't care. If they say go back tomorrow, I'll be like, I love that sand. Uh, real quick, funny story on my end uh, about the whole sand thing. For Christmas time, I got my mom this like uh bath and body works box it was like a box with all these soap and or soap and shampoo and everything Shope. yeah shop yeah it's a combination oh. i'm trying to invent it um <laughs> but no there's this lotion and it was like some gritty lotion we we had no idea what it was like I, this box that i bought i had no idea what was in it it was just like a a christmas box and kid you not uh my mom was like do you even know what you bought me? I'm like, honestly, no, but I hope you enjoy it. Um, and it was like pure sand. This lotion, I kid you not, when you squeeze it out, it is sand. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to have some like. Exfoliating. Exactly. Yeah. It's supposed to be good for the body and stuff. And she wouldn't use it. She, mm-hmm. as soon as she found it, that out, she's like, you want me to rub sand all over my body? And I tried it. I'm like, okay, if you're not going to use it, I, it's got to do something good for my skin and everything. And it's, uh, yeah, I'll just say, I, I can imagine it was not fun dealing with sand 24 seven. Well, cause sand gets in everything. It gets any Yes. And the only time I liked the sand was after challenges. When I tell you we were dripping sweat, we were sticky, we were nasty. I would rub everything like Jordy specifically had, I mean, his back was pink swollen peeling like nastiness and you just rub the sand and it gets all that dead skin off you're like sticky and nasty and because it's so hot out there it's like never ending so you shower in the morning you shower at night that sand made me feel clean but mm. it was a headache any other time yeah i was just dirty i, I just <laughs> I, I just faced up i was like yeah, you're just gonna be dirty guy because yeah. the way it was set up i was helping put the shelter together while the other two guys was doing the water challenge yes what I didn't realize was how physically demanding it is to drag the bamboo. So my arms and my forearms were killing me. And it's like, you know, so I'm massaging my own self just to try to keep it from cramping up. Because every time I went to reach up, it would cramp up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just it's just parts of it that's a part of the game. But I still would go back and do it again. <laughs> but it was some parts of the game I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't. And it's just, just the sand was just everywhere. And then you would like see ants crawling on the tent, on our on our makeshift tent. He's like, well, I'm just not gonna sleep on that end. Yeah. Speaking about the, well, speaking on the new era of the game, what is, you know, I've been very critical about a lot of the twists that the US version 
have added to the game. And I think a lot of them just don't make sense. I do like, I read an article that Jeff Probst was like, I see you guys saying you don't like him. I see a lot of hate going to a lot of the challenges and stuff. And I like what he says. He says, just know all my ideas are not going to make sense. A lot of them might suck, but I'm trying my best. These are the ideas I have. So I applaud the team for trying stuff. What is one thing about this new era? If we look at season 41 and season 42, that needs to go away or needs to revert back to how it used to be. And what is one thing that you're maybe liking about this new era? I'll go with Abraham first, since he competed in, in one of these seasons, one thing that needs to change and one thing that is okay and can stick around. I would have liked to gone back to the original timetable of it. I didn't like the shorter version. Why are we, my thing is, why are we speeding it up? Is it's, and it may be something with, with, with filming, something with CBS, the number of shows. I don't know, but it impacts why are we, why are we speeding up such a great adventure? What, what purpose is it? Um, and I don't like that we really didn't get a chance to compete with your voting us out that early. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have not wanted to vote two people out because you can easily vote two people out somewhere else. Making it a part of the very first like Sarah is a great competitor. I would have loved to for her to get a more opportunity to play the game. But you started off and said, okay, two of us are going to get voted out. I can understand one person being voted out for just the whole thrill of, oh, man, somebody's being voted out. But you voted out two people. Why? When you could have did it the very next challenge or the next challenge and say two people are going home. I understand where Jeff is coming from. you got to try new stuff and see if it works. And you had an opportunity to try new stuff back-to-back seasons and say, <laughs> They listened and was like, this didn't really work as well because the hourglass deal, they changed the hourglass deal for season 42. And they told Roxroy and the whole tribe, this is what you get if you go on this particular thing. You will have power in the game. And they chose to eat where Erica didn't have that hat. They didn't give Erica and the tribe that same speech. So they had no idea what was going to happen. So I can see where that change kind of helped because now it's a choice. Do we send Roxroy or we don't send Roxroy? So I like that change and like the fact that they've listened and seen where changes need to be made at. Shot in the dark, it's just nobody really understood it enough to play it. And I don't really think it's as impactful as they thought it was going to be. It doesn't add to me to the game in any way. Um, we didn't play it the next season, 42 played it, but really, what do we get out of it? Because everybody that played it still went on. And if you got a game where it's a Derek, I mean, a, a game of chance where uh, Deshaun has to pick one out of three. That's more impactful and exciting than the fact that this piece of dice, unless you change that that shot in the dark and how it's played, just take it out. I don't think it should. We shouldn't even see it in 43. Mm-hmm. Nina, go ahead. Something something you like about it and then something that you think just needs to change. I like the steal um, and advantage oh, oh. or idol steal a vote. I like that because it adds because people share so much like i feel like it want to like <laughs> especially people, nowadays yeah yeah uh, i like that um because also i think i like it so much because of how omar changed it um so it gives a different layer to the game um I don't like, even though they changed how it was structured, the hourglass, I would have preferred he solved a riddle to figure out where it was. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I don't like, 
I don't like things being handed. Like, I don't know. I feel like the game is so tough. Like a lot of things are earned, um, whether you're picked by somebody or whatever, but just for them to be handed something to completely change the game. I could see he's handed a clue to something or he's handed something kind of like that, but just to completely change who's going basically into merge and who's at first, you know, part of the um, jury and stuff. I don't like that he's handed it. I'm glad that they let them know the choice. I just wish it would have been like solve a riddle or play this game. And if you win, you do get it. Something like that. Um, the dice again, don't really agree with it. Yeah. The whole Deshaun thing. Um, and Lydia. Who, who uh, it was Lindsay this season, Lindsay. the do or die advantage. Yeah. Yeah. It's like to, to have someone's game. Like yeah. these people have waited their lives and they have their game come down. Like, I don't care that they had a choice. And I, I and I talked about this. Sorry to interrupt you, Nina. I talked about this with Will. Like, yes, you're giving them a choice, but these are competitors we're talking about who want to play the game. And because you give them that choice, we had two people compete. Oh, that's fun to watch. We have Lindsay and Jonathan. I want to watch two people compete instead of everyone competing. It's just, it's, it just doesn't work in like, yeah, you you didn't tell them what it was. You said it was a game of chance, which everyone can assume it's basically luck based. And that's what it is. You are basing their entire game and Lindsay and Deshaun, who both played relatively good games in their seasons, respectively, their games coming down to a one in three chance, like a pick them. Like to me, it's just more of a schoolyard thing than like an actual like professional survivor like. You just can't do that, in my opinion. Yeah. I like the. I think that's why. I think that's why I don't like either one of those because people earned certain things or competed for certain things, and then boom, it's like mm, it might just not work out. It's not that somebody plotted against you. It's not that work was put in. You're telling me I could win a challenge, secure my place in the final eleven, whatever it is, and then somebody can get handed an hourglass to change it like so i just did all that work for what you might as well just pick somebody to give the thing to and then you get the um oh my god now i just blanked about that oh the 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 three in um one chance like yeah. so he competed he put himself on the line he wanted to do that to then just be like mm, but by the way you might just straight up go home like why you're impacting the game in a way that's causing people not to compete. That's what I don't like. You're causing an issue that stops people from being fully motivated. And that's what that's what turned that, that they didn't like the hourglass at all. Um, one thing I will like, and I like the, the keeps it because it because it adds another layer of strategy is you have to say the the the, the saying in order to activate your immunity idol because. Mary Ann had a blast with that. I mean, because it, it sounds so crazy. It just it didn't sound like it was crazy. Um, but to activate all the immunity idols, everybody had to say it. I think that's really playing the game because you, you're waiting and you don't want to get figured out that somebody knows you had an immunity idol. But yeah, they could have kept the dice. I mean, yeah. you're you're never going to be able to do the phrase again. In, in in my opinion, I just don't think you'll be able to do that moving forward. And I. I do think it's going to come back to bite the game in a way. Say I go in a future season. Uh, I said chope earlier, whatever the word I accidentally say. I say some weird stuff accidentally. I'm just, you know, it just slips out of my mouth or whatever. And 
it's going to create this element in the game that if I'm saying, if there's like an inside joke or something and I say something strange, I'm automatically going to be looked at like I have an idol just because that's going to be on the back of everyone's minds. I still say you can pull it off. I still say those folks that can really wove it in there because you never expected Marianne to have anything. Yeah. Nobody ever. Well, Rock said he didn't even think about it. She said, see myself, the second time she said it, I would have been like, okay, she didn't. She just say that. And then she said it a third time. The third time I would have pointed it out. I would have outed her to everybody because I would have been like, she said that three times. She has something. First of all, you sit on the chair with a full stomach. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. There are plenty of times where you're just spacing off. Like, what you just say? And you just don't pay attention to anything. I mean, I like it. I think that I think that it can always add an element to the game. And if you can pull it off and nobody figures it out because you're tired, you're hungry, you have listening to folks anyway. So you're like, what? I don't remember that. And it really doesn't impact you until you go to the merge. Because if you come in the merge with an idol, those three people, if you're paying attention, those three people have an idol, but I think most people, it for us, it went for our season, it went over everybody's head. Because I think Brad thing was um, little rock is like little trees, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and nobody picked it up at all. The only body Xander had to say his, and it was a dead butterflies, and nobody paid attention to Sear about the, the goat eating ass on AstroTurf. Nobody paid attention to it, and nobody oh. knew that Sear had a, even a, a immunity idol. I'll say I know some of it was affected due to COVID, but Jeff Probst has come out and said 26 days is here to stay. The Survivor After Show is here to stay. Um, yeah, there's oh, a whole article. Nina. That. Uh, there, there was a whole article, Nina, where Jeff Probst said this stuff is here to stay. Like he wasn't just saying new era of Survivor to say it like 26 he, days. Season 43 has already been announced as 26 days. He said that's he Ooh. likes it. Jeff Probst loved that the three tribes are here to stay. He loves the element of people have nowhere to hide and they have to play right off the bat. My argument with that is I'm much like you guys. I prefer two tribes. I think like Abraham says, it rushes the game. It's to the point that you have to play a thousand percent right off the bat or you get sent home just because, you know, oh, I, no. I just don't. I, I feel like it takes away from the classic part of the game. And even we saw this in Survivor Australia, the laid back moments we saw in like episode two. Shay was giving a yoga class to everyone like, oh, yeah, that has nothing to do with the game. But I think that's what I miss most of all. And when you have 26 days, you don't have time. It's like. You go to a challenge, then you vote someone off. You go to a challenge, you vote. You don't have time to just sit around and do nothing. Um, But yeah, Jeff says that stuff is here to stay. And I've basically, I've put it out there. I said Survivor US version. And, you know, I have a bunch of people who say, well, if you don't like it, stop watching. Yes, I also say that to people at times, but I still enjoy it. Mm -hmm. But I'm here to, you know, as as a podcaster, as someone who wants to share my opinion stuff. I'm not just going to sugarcoat it when I, I think stuff needs to change. Mm-hmm. And even though Jeff might b- not be listening, I say it, I think the U S version of the show, it's turning into like survivor on PBS. Like mm-hmm. the fourth wall breaking is another thing. 
while in season 41, that was cool. Awesome. It's cool that he's like, hey, let's show the crew and stuff. They deserve some time on screen. But I'll say now, like Jeff, this season, speaking right to Omar's like niece. It's it's cool for for Omar, but I'm sorry if this comes across as mean. I don't care about Omar's niece. Like I'm here to watch the game of Survivor and it just Survivor now on PBS is what it's feeling like because it's so directed towards kids and stuff. And Jeff said that in his interview as well, that he's trying to attract a younger audience. I don't think you have to change the game to attract a younger audience. No, we all grow up on Survivor. Exactly. We're all different demographics of Survivor. But the ending of Survivor has always been an opportunity for all the cast members to come back and resolve some issues that was created in the game of Survivor itself. And you don't get that opportunity. And you have part of the celebration is only with part of the tribe. We all were there. We all participated in how this whole Survivor was presented out. We all want to share in the fact that, oh, this person is a winner. In previous seasons, everybody shared in the winner's time as part of the whole cast, where now you're basically alienating half of the cast and saying, ah, y'all wasn't anything to the show. But these group here that made it to the merge, we're going to go ahead and put them on this pedestal of the end. And it's also there's an emotional thing that comes with resolving issues because some people never get an opportunity to speak to others to say, did you do that out of malice? Are you really that type of person? Or it's like, hey, look, man, we're just playing a game. In real life, I'm a real nice guy, but I have to do that to you in the game. Because some people do take it personal. Mm-hmm. And that's who their personality is. But when you do the reality, when you do the reunion show, I get a chance to meet the real people. You know, some I think past- I think Jeff is going to regret that. That was the big yeah. thing that disappointed me was when he said the after show is here to stay. They love it, apparently. And they say they want that that. They want those raw reactions of people, uh, you know, still in game mode. And I'm like, I don't think a lot of the audience does. I, I know some people like it, but I mean, poor Mike and Romeo, they just learned they're not winning a million dollars and say whatever you want to say. But that is heartbreaking. That is coming very close to. Could you imagine like an NBA team? All right. Putting it in sports terms. Sorry to anyone who doesn't care about sports, but that's like an NBA team losing the finals. And then they're like, all right, now let's sit down and let's just talk about it. No, I like. Mean, it's an emo- it, Look, it's, 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 a, it's a part of Survivor that really, I think, impacts the. You really don't want to take all of this home when you put it that way. You want to unpack as much of it as before you go back home, because anytime you you're going to talk about this for months afterwards. And the only person that can understand what you're talking about is the people that went through it with you. You're basically saying, like, Sydney got voted out and basically got on a plane the next day. And she never sees anybody else again, except when we all come together. But there's some, there's some run, unresolved stuff with everybody. Some people get to resolve it by not bringing us back for the, the actual reunion show in some capacity. You could have just left us all there and said, hey, we're just going to film the reunion show tomorrow give Romeo and everybody else a chance to clean up and to see them like the rest of them are, look like they actually ate a meal, they look better, and say, okay, we're going to do this tomorrow. That Nina, I, 
I know you've been waiting to say something. So I, I have to let you speak on this. Just a few things. One, when I heard that we weren't going to have a reunion show, I literally took it upon myself to make my own way to Australia. That's how much that devastated me, um, especially being so far. I was literally set home, couldn't talk to anybody because we're not allowed to like reach out to people. Um, and then, which I mean, people still do, but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, um, but even those who were still there, I couldn't talk to them for like a whole nother month. And then when they do come out, they're in their own time zone. They're with their families. They're with their people. They're talking to each other. They're meeting up, having dinner. I'm over here. Like, like <laughs> nobody awful. understands what I'm going through and then trying to talk to them. Um, the reunion is very important. Not having that, not being able to, being able to debrief is really, really important. Um, I mean, I made sure to spend time with each and every single person I could while I was over there. Just even if I didn't play, I didn't even play with Jesse Sam, you know, but I still made sure like I had some kind of time with each one of them because it's so important. I had a very good time. I had a very good experience besides my one day. But it still felt like I was empty. I felt like I went from being in this family. I would wake up like my first two days freaking out because I'm like, where am I? Like this is I'm expecting to wake up in sand with birds and bats flapping around me. And I would wake up like alone. And that's the thing is I was alone. It's not like the tribe dwindled down. I went from being with a group to just alone waiting for somebody to come check on me. Next thing, the the tribal um, after show, I could get getting a few questions in or something before sending people home. But I will say watching it was very hard. Sorry, Jeff, when he was literally like, how many people were going to go for Mike? And why didn't you go for Mike? Oh, Mike, how does it feel knowing they were actually going to vote for you? But your pitch was, and Marianne's was great. Yeah. I and kudos to Mike because me, if I was at that end, not saying I would blow up or anything like that, but I I feel like I would be like, are you serious? First of all, you're taking away from Mar- Marianne's win, in my opinion. Then you're making me, f- he made me feel like crap. Like, why would you say that? Why? I could understand maybe saying, how does it feel being so close? That's what he asked Jonathan. Fair enough. How does it feel being final three? How does it feel getting a vote? How does it feel this, this being able to pitch? But you literally had people say, I was going to vote for him, but she talked better. Like, my God, that was tough. It stings. And you're, it wouldn't take much for somebody to blow up on somebody. It doesn't take much. That's what it's, I'm I'm really hoping that someone does, because that's what it's going to take. I mean, yes, you can make all these advantages that people don't like and do whatever you want to the show and people will still tune in because it's Survivor. But the after show, like I said, that was the moment that I was so disappointed in Jeff because you're taking away. I don't know if you meant it like this, Nina, but not only are you taking away from Marianne's win by pointing out how close Mike was, she doesn't get to enjoy this with her family. That is always one of the best moments when you announce you want a million dollars and they hug their families and stuff. And they're sitting in the front row. You're taking that away from them. And to me, I'll just throw it out there. I'll be the bad guy here. 
it feels like a money situation with CBS. They want to save money. They don't want to put on the reunion show. So they're like, let's just do it on the island. I highly doubt you guys are struggling with money that much that you can't afford a reunion show. Um, But you just, some of the best moments have come from reunion shows when people are like, Hey, remember me? That's another thing you brought up. Abraham is that, do we just not care about pre-mergers anymore? Because they all got sent home. It's convenient. We, We were at a strange time, but it's convenient for you to put on the finale there in Fiji for the camera crew is all there. You have the stage, but it's detrimental to the people that have gone through this process with some of the same people and they want to unpack stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't get a chance to come back. If you ever look at the show to come back, you see people that actually generally want to be in each other's face and you don't get that opportunity. And we could have just as easily been there with them. It would have made a difference. And like, hey, OK, now let's bring back in everybody that was on this season. I hope they work on that. Because there is a part of that you don't want to take home because the people at home, they don't understand. And at certain things, there are only certain things like I've never told anybody who won the season or talked about what we did until they started to air. And each time it aired, I would say something. But other than that, we're, you're asking us to keep the secret, but you're actually not giving us what we need because we've seen this on previous seasons. I was looking forward to bringing mom out, the wife out, the kids out. I was like, hey, man, I'm on Survivor. I was looking back to look to that reunion show. But if you want to do it in Fiji and you don't want to have all the other people there, that's CBS's thing, Jeff, do what you want to do. But give every cast member an opportunity to share in that end of their season together. And I want to touch on the fact of, like, you go home to talk about it. And my mom was there but she wasn't with me directly. So there's a lot of things that I tried to talk to her about. She had no clue about. She also has a different perspective on things. So if I bring something up, she's not even listening to what I'm saying. She's on a whole different level thinking about something else. And I'm like, wait, that's not what I'm trying to get at. Like you're not under, like when Jay went home, for example, I texted her and I'm like, what the heck? Like, where did this come from? She said, girl, I can't even remember. (laughs) For her, it's kind of like, like she's already on another thing. They're doing house renovations there, you know? And then I'm sitting there like, I would love for my people to come out and be like, you guys have to meet Josh. Oh my God. You have to meet Shay. Oh my God. Jordy's hilarious. Like you guys have to meet these people. And it's like, if I didn't take it upon myself, I would have never seen them again. And that's something that I connected with one of the other players from another season about like, you just, it's a weird feeling because you don't expect it. Like, I don't know. You just, I didn't realize how much I was going to miss people, no matter how I felt about them, but it's like nobody. And I've never had that experience before. Thankfully that it genuinely felt like nobody understood what I was saying. And then I'm like forgetting some things or I'm like, wait, who did I talk to? Wait, when was that? But I'm seeing other people and all of our conversations are like, dude, okay. So remember when we were walking down the beach, one time I told Jordy, I had said something about him and he was right behind me. And I'm like, did you hear me? And he was like, no. And I said, thank God. He's the only person that could answer that, you know? So there's so many things that you just don't get resolved that you take home with you. I waited months. I could have called him. I waited months to see him face to face to be like, did you hear me talking about you? You know, like it's, it's just different. I want to hug these people. I want to know, are they legit? I had a genuine great time with you. 
was that story real? Is this really your job? What's your name? Like, you know, they, it's, it's a very weird feeling. And it, cause I talked to, I talked to some of your cast for, I talked to KJ and I was like, Hey, cause she had Austin. I was like, I'm in San Antonio. And I was like, what is up with the Austin thing? You get, a, you get a special pass. Once you're on the, once you're on Survivor, that is your pass mm-hmm. to reach out and be like, Hey, how did this go for you? Or how did that go? Because we trust because you've been through the process, but mm-hmm. you also understand what that process did to everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody has something that happened to them going through this entire process, playing this game of Survivor, that somebody that played the game can truly understand what happened to you. And some, 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 unfortunately, some is bad. But for the most of us, there are aspects of it that we only can be like, Nina, she's in a whole different Australia Survivor. I was like, hey, what about the mosquitoes? Because... <laughs> We had to experience certain things that you didn't have to experience and you experience in the game. And I want the people that put this great game together to understand we have to come back together as an entire cast and be able to say, hey, look, this is who I really am. Because my tribe, oh, I want to choke them out of <laughs> all of them because they just voted me out. I was like, why did you vote me out? I was one of the strongest players on the tribe. And then you got to try to compartmentalize it when you see that person when they get voted out, because your first thing is, I want to really kind of attack you. Mm-hmm. Because had you not voted me out, you wouldn't have gotten voted out, or the next person wouldn't have got voted out. What what was your mindset on that? And they may not be the kind of person that can deal with that. Mm-hmm. They may not want to talk about it. They may because they got to go through their own thing too. Where when you bring us all back together, it's everybody there. Because I talked to one of the other cast members because I knew the other they had they voted somebody out. And I was like, they really are not going to be able to digest your rationale behind it. But would you talk to them? And they basically said, look, that individual is just not ready to talk. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like, okay, that's understandable. But we all were in, because we came back, we went to Chicago to do our finale. And we paid for it. We put it on. And some of the cast was living in Chicago. And we voted for either Chicago or LA. And we reached out to CBS and said, hey, could y'all help us with this? They were like, nah. So we were like, don't, don't show up. You're not going to get any. Yeah, don't film it. <laughs> because you had Deshaun there who was on sitting there in that environment amongst not the cast. He's with the cast members and he's with the public. And I said, hey, man, you all right? He's like, yeah, man, I'm just, I'm just, I know what's coming up next. And do you really want to put us in that situation where people are at a party that they may feel some kind of way or that and they say something to Deshaun? We're there to really kind of celebrate this whole experience, but what if somebody says something to Deshaun because they so involved in Survivor, which there's some, I don't know about you, Nina, there's some interesting people. <laughs> I haven't met anybody face-to-face. Oh, there's some interesting people. Um, I was just in L.A., and I was like, what's <laughs> up? So, uh, so you, by not putting us all together, you're kind of putting us in situations like that, which I think is unfair because we've given all to be on the show and to give you a season. All we're asking for is Bring us all back together. If you don't want to bring our families, that's fine. That's your prerogative. But bring us all back together so we can celebrate in a safe space. And where... stop shoving pizza in everybody's face. Oh my while god! You do I had that pizza dangling out his mouth. I was dying. Oh my god! Like I understand. Like they need to eat. You can't starve these people if you're going to interview oh. them. But like, give them a day or something. Just hearing the like. No, I'm, I'm, I'm like, it's terrible. Like, stop shoving pizza down their throats. It's just, I don't know. It, I, I understand the whole we did it because of COVID. 
that makes sense. But to now continue to do it, you can't use COVID as an excuse anymore. No. You you just can't. You got to move on. I'm, I'm gonna get off this. Look, we had no season of pre. Even when I talked to Tori and them, and we we're um, Lauren put on the actual. Well, she put the venue on everything else to celebrate the end of our both our seasons. Um, but no, we don't. We don't. We don't like that aspect of it all because it's, there's a lot of other stuff that goes on with the whole game that you really can't resolve. And now I've met everybody, like I and I've talked to everybody, and I don't really have a problem with anybody. But when I got voted out, man, I couldn't stand nobody. Yeah. Yeah. Moral of the story: Bring it back. Bring back the Survivor auction as well. I will continue saying oh, that yeah, until no. they do, and uh, bring back the eating challenges because I miss those as well. No. <laughs> All right. Well, what do they know? <laughs> <laughs> My mom, like. <laughs> Oh. Same fear factor. Oh, oh man, I miss them. It was it was fun to watch at least. Uh, to wrap everything up here, I've had time of my life today. I knew this was going to be fun. I've been looking forward to it all week. Um, I'll start us off here. Overall, your honest opinion. Don't be scared to say it. Say it. Say it. Man, I keep adding H's today for whatever reason. Don't be afraid to share it. Um, how you feel about? the season as a whole and i'll just say i thought the cast was phenomenal well deserved i guess these are kind of your like closing statements well deserved marianne no matter what i said i respect you as a player and you deserved every bit of that title of soul survivor um it was not my favorite season it's probably one give me two or three years it'll be right out the head I'm sorry to say that, but I think it's because no matter how much criticism it got, Survivor AU Blood versus Water was, to me, what Survivor is all about. To a T, I thought they did everything perfect. So maybe that's why I'm so harsh on it. But looking at the two seasons side by side, for me, it's not even close. Um, So season 42, amazing cast. Would love to meet everyone someday. Uh, Just was not my favorite season in the long haul. Uh, Nina, I'll let you, you go next. Amazing cast, really, really good gameplay. Um, a lot of creativity considering how much stuff was going on a little bit too much stuff going on just in the terms of advantages, twists, things like that. Um, I really liked a lot of the players and I wish it was a little bit longer and didn't start with only three tribes or three tribes. I wish it was two. Um, and the reunion. Like, I, I think overall, the season kept my attention. It mm-hmm. kept my attention. But as I watched it, there were just too many moments of me being like, what? Especially after having played imagining myself there or imagining Jonathan presenting that to me and my tribe, I would be like, what? So kept my attention, but caused me to feel very uneasy about it. Hey, wrap us up. We've been together Uh, now for, for two full seasons of survivor. Remember none of this would have happened. I just sent Abraham a DM one day. Hey, would you like to come on for an interview? Uh, I had no background, nothing. Uh, and it's turned into, yeah, you've joined the show and we've had some amazing time, my friend, talking about Survivor. And it, it's been an honor every second. So wrap us up for season 42. 
you know, first I'm going to applaud Randy because he he reached out and I was like, and I don't know, for me, it, a lot of people reach out and I have no idea who they are. And um, he reached out. I was like, hey, I'll do an interview. And um, he came back and said, hey, would you want to join the podcast? I had no ring light, no microphone, none of that stuff. And I was like, hey, I'll take the adventure with you because I love and I've always watched the game of Survivor. And having looking at your season for Australia was even a blast because I was just coming off my season. Um, I don't like the shorter version of Survivor because I think they call it Survivor for a reason. Let, let us survive. Let us be that challenge. Um, I do like the fact that they're looking at the diversity of the tribes and really picking people that present a reflection of what we have in America today. And let us compete. I, the competition part, let us compete. What I would have done is look at some of the Australian challenges because I think we would have loved them to be in U.S., uh, because you won, you have to work together as a team. Um, it wasn't a single person that could actually win by themselves. So just kind of tweak stuff like that. I know they're trying stuff, and I know 41 was a brand new season coming off the whole era of Survivor, and you wanted to try something new. But there's some things they definitely need to work on. I enjoyed the season because those 18 casts like ours had an opportunity to live the adventure of their lifetime. And at the end of the day, we may not be remembered for certain things, but we will be remembered for the adventure that comes in playing this game and meeting the people and just having an opportunity. I, I know for myself, I would have never thought that I'd had an opportunity to play the game of Survivor. And I got the phone call and I've enjoyed the whole experience, the journey. I continue to enjoy through this format here, uh, being able to go out to LA and actually meeting the people that make up our little small family called Survivor and seeing how they really are in person and how gracious people are with their time. And we're all doing charity events. That was a charity event. We'll go down in Florida. We'll do the charity event down there. Oh, Nina, I'll see you in Florida. Um, I tried. I tried. I sent him a message. I said, let me do the charity event with you guys. And he's I like, now you're, now you're nobody. <laughs> well, I won't say that. He's a nice, I just talked to him. He's a nice guy. Um, I won't say that. But those are the aspects of being on this platform that you get to do. And I say that in Marianne, I truly saw someone that from day one exhibit just live that moment because we may never go back on Survivor again. We may not even get this opportunity again. We'll always be a part of the family. Nina, no matter that you was an Australian Survivor or U.S. Survivor, you will always be in a Survivor family. And that's one thing by meeting the other cast members from previous seasons. Everybody that I met was like, hey, Abraham, how you doing? Hey, we saw you on the show. We wish we'd have saw more of you, but they were so inviting and warm. And I've never met these people before. The only thing that connects all of us is the fact that we've shared this experience. Um, and that aspect of it, I loved it. Yeah, there's always going to be things that can change. Um, I love my cast for my season. Uh, and I get an opportunity to hang out. I'll be in Wyoming in a couple of weeks with Brad and Sarah. We're going to hang out in Wyoming. That's going to be pretty interesting. Um, but these are people that you're friends with for the rest of your lives. And you will always be a part of their lives because you share an experience. Ah, I have the best co-anchors in the world right now. That was well said, everyone. Um, so in terms of what's going to be happening here at the podcast, we are heading to the off season, which is very exciting because we've been, you know, putting in the work, uh, producing these shows for you guys. So it's it, it's time for a well-earned break, but we will be back in July. They did just announce uh, Survivor South Africa 
uh, Return of the Outcasts, and I believe Abraham's going to be joining me uh, oh, in, in covering that season. That will be our first season uh, covering that. Um, so very excited for that. But in terms of the podcast in general, we're going to take a little bit of a break. We've got some some stuff in the works. Nina, I got a message to send you. I got something in the works that should be fun uh, with past contestants from Blood versus Water. Um, so that'll be fun. But thank you so much for joining us again today. You, I mean, you know, at this point, you are always welcome on the show if you want to come on and chat Survivor. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Abe, until next time, my friend. Next time. Nina, I'll see you in December. We're going to have a couple of conversations. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, there's some other stuff. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm curious how y'all did some things. Anyway. And now we prepare for season 43. The, in the U.S. Survivor, which comes out this fall. And if you saw the logo, it I like to call it Season 43, Return of Davy Jones. There's a giant octopus on it. It's funny. Love it. I, if you've never seen Parts of the Caribbean, you won't get it. Um, but until next time, we'll see you guys then. 